in the dead of night, when the moon is high and ill winds blow, and the banshees cry and the moonlight casts an unearthly glow, arise, my love, with tales of woe. Twelve midnight, the paranormal hour. Welcome to Ghost to Ghost. I'm your host, Chief Lawson. Ghost to Ghost is a podcast to discuss all paranormal and parapsychology subjects. You can find Ghost to Ghost on all major formats. So tell your friends, tell your family. Come listen to Ghost to Ghost. Tonight's topic is doppelgangers. Tonight's guests are Chief and myself, Andrew, our chief of staff, a spirit, Jennifer. Hello. Hello. Oh, hello, Jennifer, our research manager. Hello. And Heather, our trainer. Hello. Today's topic is doppelgamers. They are paranormal in nature, but are they ghosts? Well, they're technically a twin image of a living person. Uh, It wouldn't make sense to call them a ghost because they're not a dead spirit, but they're not really a demon either because they can be extinguished. So what are they? Well, the word doppelganger comes from a German word, double goer or double walker. Um, The term was first used in the novel in 1796 by German author Jean-Paul and the novel is called Sibikes that's a good shot no I think uh, I couldn't figure that one I can't pronounce that I apologize however this is not the first application of this idea the thought of a double goer goes back to ancient times it could be found in most cultures in some fashion Egypt has the Ka, which is a tangible spirit double, and has the same memories and feelings as its original. The Ka is one of the different components that make up the soul. It represents a person's personality. Uh, The Egyptians have a myth story that involved the Trojan War, and it's called the Greek Princess. And just a quick quote from that story. By the will of Amun-Ra, the Ka of Helen was drawn forth by Thoth and sent with Paris for a double a mere spirit form? Did you of the Aquashia fight and Troy fall? Menelaus took Helen in his arms and held her as if to feel whether she were shadow or woman. Did you dwell here all these years while Paris carried a mere thing of air to Troy? Have we fought and died for a mere likeness, not a real woman? The Norse have the Vardagur. is divined as a Uh, like a premonition kind of sound or a sight of a person before that person arrives. And witnesses believe they have seen or heard the actual person before they actually get there. Uh, Kind of like a bilocation or a a deja vu type situation. Uh, Old World Europe and Great Britain have changelings and troes and fetches. I think we've all heard those before. Mm -hmm. Uh, These can be seen as a form of doppelganger. Uh, especially fetches, um, sometimes known as shades, they are almost always seen as a death omen for the person whose image the fetch was said to look like. Uh, Native Americans also have this in the form of the evil twin. Uh, These twins express the opposite sides of a person, the child of the sun versus the child of the water, and it represents a duality within oneself. 
So, if doppelgangers are not ghosts in the sense that we think of as the spirit of a person who has passed, then what could they be? Well, let's look at the options here, shall we? Well, are they death omens? It's often assumed that if you see a doppelganger of someone else, it's a warning of that person is going to die or at least become very ill. If you should be so unfortunate to see your own doppelganger, then you will soon die. Could they be time slips or possibly time travelers? Well, the Native American's idea of an inner duality is right, and the doppelganger could be an astral projection. Uh, it could be something darker. Uh, it could be a mimic or a, a trickster type. Um, some might say demonic. Uh, but let's go ahead and take a look, maybe some of the accounts uh, in history, and see if we can place these into some categories. I'm going to go back and throw out the astral projection option. What do you think? Is that possible? Astral projection? So the astral projection is going to be uh, the case of Emily Seiji. Uh, this is probably one of the more famous cases, actually. Um, it's also one of the most interesting. Uh, her story is all over, and several articles about doppelgangers all over the internet are going to talk about her. She was a teacher who, in the 18 years of teaching, she had 16 posts. Possible reason for her inability to stay in one place for long may be because she had a doppelganger constantly with her. In 1845, she was teaching in Latvia at a private girls' school, and she was a very well-liked teacher, but the students would become very frightened of her. Uh, one day, as Emily was doing lessons on the board, a second Emily appeared behind her, mimicking her movements. This also happened again in the dining hall at mealtime. The incidents began to happen more and more often, and one day, when they all knew that Emily was working in the school garden, the girls were taking a sewing lesson. The sewing teacher stepped out into the hallway, and Emily's double suddenly appeared at the head of the classroom, staring at the girls. Emily soon lost her position due to this. What's really interesting, and why this is under the astral projection idea, is that the students would state that whenever the double would appear, Emily was never aware of it. Her color would drain from her face, she'd become very tired, and her movements would be very lethargic. Jennifer, is... Tell me about death omens. What uh, doppelgangers and death omens? Well, um, Catherine the Great. Uh, there's a story about her with a death omen. Um, there's an account where she walks into her throne room one day and sees herself sitting on the throne, and she orders her guards to capture and kill the imposter. Two weeks later, Catherine's dead from a stroke. Wow. Uh, then the more famous death omen is involving Percy Shelley. Uh, Percy Shelley is the 1800s, um, lived in the 1800s, was the husband of writer Mary Shelley, Frankenstein fame. Uh, Percy was known to have told his wife Mary and their friends that he had seen and spoken to his doppelganger, who would taunt Percy. Their friend Jane Williams, who was staying with them, recounted that she would see Percy pass by her window. Now, that led to a dead end, and nobody ever came back the other way. Percy would tell Mary that on one encounter, his shade actually lured him out of the manor house and out to the seashore, where it tried to lure him into the ocean. A few weeks later, Percy drowned when their boat sank during a storm. Now, Jennifer, how about going back to the idea of it being a time slip? Well, Wolfgang Van Gogh, uh, who's the author of Faust, um, and a scientist was delving into morphology and botany and meteorology. Um, he's actually a very interesting man. He wrote of his own encounter of his doppelganger in his autobiography. 
He claimed to have met himself coming and going while on horseback. He was leaving a girl named Frederica who we didn't want to leave. And he was really sad and downtrodden. And he saw a horseman riding toward him. It was his exact likeness in every detail except for the clothes. This devil was wearing a gray outfit with gold trim. They were not clothes that he recognized as anything that he owned. Eight years later, having taken care of what he needed to, he was going back to see Frederica again and was in a very good mood. And this time he realizes and looks down at himself that he is wearing the same clothing that he had remembered seeing eight years previously. He saw this as a good omen, that he was on the right path in his life and that he indeed um, lived to be in his 80s. Another thing we could look at, though, and we don't usually throw this the D word out very often, but a lot of people attribute these to demonic entities bent on causing harm and death. So, the internet is full of stories and accounts of family members who tell of being lured by doppelgangers of their loved ones. Sometimes they'll see them at a distance and go after them, only to be led down a dark alley or into an unfamiliar wooded area. Sometimes they are led to a river or a lake. They typically follow because they are confused why that person would be there and why they're going in that direction. The stories recount that they were stopped by following out of a sense of unease, or they turned around to see their real loved one in the opposite direction. Or sometimes the real person will call out and say, where are you going? And that stops them. Um, other times a person can be lured by the sound of a loved one's voice calling for help. Now these are not traditional doppelgangers, but it kind of fits into that category, possibly. You know, if you look at the scientific tape, take on doppelgangers, we've always had someone that's come up and said to us, I've had it said several times, actually, uh, that if somebody looked just like me. They knew a guy, I wonder if I had a brother. And um, this was years and years ago, and they swore he lived around Bloomington. I'm sure he was a college student from some other state, but they swore up and down that they saw someone look just like me. You know, it makes you wonder, you know, a little bit, but is it possible you have a twin out there? I mean... You know, I'm sure everybody has had that happen to them at one time or another, right? I know it happened to me sure. as well. Um, in 2015, biologist Tegan Lucas in Australia, uh, she did a study where they measured and compared faces with eight distinct facial features. They found that the chances of someone matching in all eight is one in one trillion. This means there's a chance, but it's not a very good chance. You know, Jennifer, it's funny you mentioned that everybody has a twin. You know, I'm six foot five. I don't blend into a crowd very well. And people mention that they swear I have a twin. And I, I either feel very sorry for this person or, <laughs> or convinced they have a doppelganger out there. Um, but there are very real conditions, actually, that can explain doppelgangers. Uh, Professor Christopher French is a leading animalistic. Not an animalistic, an anomalistic. <laughs> I always say that word wrong. Uh, he's an anomalistic psychologist, uh, and he leans towards mental illness and other conditions of the brain as logical explanations. Uh, brain tumors, schizophrenia can lead to hallucinations. Uh, there is something known as hautoscopy, and this is very common with epilepsy. Just prior to patients having a seizure episode, they have studied epileptics, and they will report seeing their doppelganger just prior to the onset of a seizure. 
You know, my 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 little bit of knowledge on the area of doppelgangers came from listening to one of the the major ghost hunters that you would see on TV. He has a story of of a doppelganger, and in his, what he tells is he found one in one of his investigations that the the doppelganger and the subject can never be in the same room together, and the doppelganger can't touch you. And they actually had to trap the doppelganger down a hallway um, with their body, making their body because the body because the doppelganger couldn't touch you while the other person came into the room. And then, as the other person came in the room, as soon as she came in and she was in eyesight, poof, the doppelganger disappeared. Wow. Um, that was that story there. You know, I'll go to you know one thing I do hear about doppelgangers are that that if you talk to a doppelganger the conversation is much different true that the is it, it's almost a very vanilla really? um dull and it's actually led to re, you know relationship problems mm-hmm. as you know spouses not listening to their spouse so forth and and saying don't you remember i told you this when there was never a case, when you were actually telling the doppelganger um, yes, I've heard that too. There was a story I was listening to where the girl was recounting, and it was a long episode. But the doppelganger of her sister was not quite right. The haircut was not up to date. It the, the sister had gotten her haircut recently. Yeah. But the doppelganger still had the haircut from the week prior. Hmm. Um, the conversation was stilted and disjointed. Yes, but that is interesting that the doppelganger could not be in the same place because in our Emily Seiji, yeah, is that a natural projection? And because it was right there behind her at the chalkboard. Well, let me get into one more I'm thinking of, and I, you know, we talked about time slip. How about time travel? You know, a lot of the movies you see out. I I remember several. Of course, H.G. Wells' novel on on the time machine, and one of the things there goes back to you know, of course, the butterfly theory and so forth and you know but one of the things is is that both can't occupy the same space at the same time if they do it's collateral and then you know of course there's a big argument now with time travel and this is one i love to see when people are debating if you go back in time and kill your grandfather it's impossible because you wouldn't actually exist so you know einstein would have loved this had he been alive i mean oh my god would he have loved this and i mean i see a lot of people going back and forth back and forth back and forth trying to figure this out so yeah there's a lot of answers this really could be so anybody else want to throw in all right oh you got one okay i yeah. have one uh, it's uh kind of, it's on the um everybody has a twin theory there's uh two baseball players they're both named brady fagel and they both look alike yes. but they're not related i saw that and um they're both minor league baseball players. They're both six foot something and both red hair, beer, glasses. They even took DNA tests. Because they thought they were going to be yeah, long lost twins. Twins or separated. something. And they only, uh, the DNA test came back. They just had an extraordinary amount of shared ancestry DNA. And that's yeah. why they look so much alike. Well, you know, when they make, and this was years ago, back in the 
think it was the 80s when they made wow they do look a lot like when they made car keys they said they could only make so many patterns I, I don't recall the number but there was x amount of patterns they could make so every time they made per year they made let's just say hypothetically 250,000 cars the pattern repeated 10 times so theoretically there was 10 cars using the same keys in the United States and they were usually distributed in such a way that you couldn't get those cars in the same state or same region they would send them all over although it's happened before I know a buddy of mine put a key in a car uh, he was drinking we were walking out and he was goofing around and he put a Ford key in and it unlocked a car it wasn't his I mean it does happen and the key cuts are close so when you think of that in a human you know attribute yeah what's to say that you know there isn't enough dna close enough it couldn't produce that so all right well it's a good subject and a good talk you know it's kind of a funny thing being a fire chief i can tell you i used to have an old friend of mine who was a fireman he used to say that uh, when we were out one evening we were drinking sitting on a balcony and we were discussing firefighting in general and he says you know he says same people run out of burning buildings and that's run in and I think that's kind of the same thing in parapsychology. You know, same people run from ghosts. We go out and try to tape and film them. So, after all, what is the doppelganger? Does it have to be just one answer? It's all in your brain, or is it? Are we trying to subconsciously send a message, a warning? Is it like synchronicities? I don't know if I screwed up that word, but... Uh, synchronicities? Synchronicities, I'm sorry. A call to look around and see what's going on or what needs to change or be nurtured? Or is this an element trying to pull us into danger? Or is it trying to pull us to safety? Keep an open mind. Think and consider. Closed door never leads anywhere. Well, that concludes our episode for tonight. Hope everyone enjoyed listening. It's a lot of fun to do these. So, as we uh, get ready to part for the evening, I want to thank Jennifer again for her research and uh, Andrew and Heather for being on the show tonight. So, Good night, folks. All right, listeners. Welcome to Ghost Story of the Day. Today's presenter will be Jennifer Verne, our research manager on spirit. A Haunting of Story, Indiana, in A Haunted Hoosier Trails. Employees and several guests the Story Inn on State Road 135 know the room at the top of the stairs as the Blue Lady Room so named for a spectral visitor who evidently has made it her permanent residence. She has been seen standing at the edge of the bed, reflected in the window or in the mirror. One worker who has been employed by the inn for more than 10 years saw a metal coffee pot fall off of a cabinet with no one near. She has also seen another ghost in the inn. On her way downstairs to take a call, she saw a cream-colored skirt swoosh around a corner. When she reached the bottom of the stairs, no one was in sight, and there was no other way out. A picture of an old lady dressed in dark 19th century clothing hangs on the wall behind the service desk. It seems to have a life of its own. One of the owners commented to an employee, She sure wasn't very pretty. Suddenly, the picture crashed to the floor. The nail was firmly in the wall, and the wire was intact. Encounters continued to be reported. The aroma of cherry tobacco often accompanies sightings of the blue lady dressed in a floor-length gown. Though no one knows who the blue lady is, the employees have decided she must be one of Dr. Story's wives, though there's no reason to believe this. The inn isn't the only haunted building in Story. Dr. George Story, the town's founder, 
built his home on the highest point in the town. Visitors and employees believe his house is haunted. On more than one occasion, the housekeeper has been pinched as she cleans the house. She's also reported lights on in rooms after she has turned them off, and doors opening and closing without anyone being near them. Thanks for listening to Ghost to Ghost. Again, I'm your host, Chief Lawson. You can find Ghost to Ghost on all major formats on the 15th and 30th of the month at midnight. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, maybe have a question or subject you'd like to ask about on air, or be used on the show, please email us at ghost2ghost at spiritindiana.com, ghost2ghost at spiritindiana.com. I want to thank my production staff on Spirit, Jennifer Verne, our research manager and our producer, and Heather Lawson, our trainer on Spirit and our podcast director for helping make these podcasts possible. My chief of staff, Andrew Books, for his guidance and help on the scripts, and everyone else involved. Thank you so much. See you next time. Until then, stay safe and remember the truth is out there. Good night. Ghost to Ghost podcast and its contents is the property of Spirit Paranormal LTD, all rights reserved. We welcome you to download and play the podcast and share with others for personal use. You may not, except with written permission, use or distribute its contents for commercial use. Spirit Indiana Paranormal, covering the Hoosier State since 2002, Indy's oldest parapsychology investigation group. If you're experiencing what you believe to be paranormal issues, reach out to us for help at www dot spiritindiana.com or call our hotline at 317-883-9103 again that is www.spiritindiana.com or our hotline at 317-883-9103 thank you for listening take care of yourself and the ones you love and be safe out there